you do need to understand Freud and Adler before you go near Jung. If you stay with the fantasy yeah. and the woo-woo, you don't ever really solve the problem. No, you don't. You just no. keep somebody trapped. No, it frames everything. It's like, can you individuate yes. alone? Maybe, probably not. Yeah. You know, because, and again, if you ground it in biology, it becomes obvious. Yeah. Yes. He created psychological types as a way of understanding Freud and understanding Adler and how they came to uh, create their theories based on their personal life and experience. You can't have an individuation relationship without sex. One of the things we've spoken about on this channel many times is like how it sort of began, what the original audience was. Yeah. I was thinking about um, you know, the, the original Boyo audience, if you like, yeah. and how people come to this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, they start with Carl Jung, but they start with the end of Carl Jung's career, yeah. of course, or like yeah. Ion or something like that. Mm -hmm. You were just saying before we put the camera on about why it's more important to study Freud before even studying Jung, even Jung's earlier works or something yes. like that. So to start at almost the very, very beginning, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, Jung himself said that you should start with Freud and you should understand Freud and indeed Adler before you go anywhere near him. Uh, and it is progressive in that sense. There are good practical reasons for why that should be the case. If you avoid doing it, it will cause problems in your understanding. So let's just get that absolutely clear. You do need to understand Freud and Adler before you go near Jung. Jung is decontextualised if you look at him without looking at the other two. Mm. And despite the fact that uh, Adler was the first principal defector from Freud and then Jung was and that suggests that there was something wrong with Freud nevertheless Jung himself said that he incorporated Freud's learning, uh, his understanding, his model in broad terms yes he modified it but he did incorporate it now that's on the theoretical level but on the practical level there's another issue which is really really important and that is that those three actually map out stages of psychopathology at which people can become fixated. So I'll give you a broad, uh, mm. broad paintbrush, paintstroke of this. With respect to Freud, if you don't deal with Freudian issues in terms of your own development, you will not be able to reach the level of Alfred Adler. If you then don't reach the level of Alfred Adler and deal with the pathology which is represented by his psychological model, you will not be able to reach Jung authentically. So if you don't do this and you just go straight to Carl Jung's model, there are two huge gaps in, in your thinking and your understanding yeah. straight away. The way to think about it, in, again in broad brush terms, is that Freud's approach is fundamentally instinctive and biological um, and developmental in that ordinary sense. It is the foundation of everything. When you get to Adler, you're looking at something completely different. You're looking at social adaptation and understanding. Uh, and then when you get to Jung, you're looking at the transcendence or the transpersonal. If you start with Jung, you're making a mistake if you haven't gone through the other two phases. Because any complexes that you've acquired, any maladaptations in your life that are Freudian will not be solved that way through Jung. Uh, any Adlerian issues that you've not solved will not be, so uh, sorry, haven't solved, will not be solved by Jung. It's anticipated that you've understood and gone through those phases of development before you get to Jung. So that, that's a hugely important issue which is not commonly understood or appreciated, but it should be. Mm. So if we're talking about, say, first of all, the, the Freudian stuff, mm. would you say that's fundamentally then your psychosexual development and the family, familial constellation? 
Yes, it, it's that, and it, it's also the, the the general idea of libido as well, and a ceiling that, that people might have. I mean, Paul mm. and I have met plenty of people who have basically Freudian issues of adaptation. Yes, are you thinking of one couple in particular? Well, that's an example yes. that would illustrate it, but um, yeah. this particular woman uh, was so Freudian in her needs and mm. in her character and her personality she would never, ever, ever in a million years get anywhere near understanding Carl Jung at yeah. all. Yeah. It wasn't and going to happen, was it? Wasn't I know who you're thinking about, so yeah. it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, although it might have been in her case, an issue mm. of intelligence either. It, it's really to do with where somebody's pathology generally lies. Mm. And with her, it had to do with gratification in a Freudian sense, absolutely, yes. with that. And because she could not exceed that... Uh, because she hadn't ever dealt with it, she was still in the repetition compulsion cycle of mm. Freudian libido. She couldn't progress to the stage of Adler, which is really about being social and about understanding and appreciating other people, just in broad terms. Mm. And of course, overcoming issues yeah. of inferiority um, and superiority, getting that balance right. Mm. The social interest elements, she had no interest in anybody other than herself, it was all about gratification. Mm. So for her to achieve a Jungian level of understanding was absolutely impossible. And then you get people who can get as far as Adler and they have social interest and they've worked through their instincts, their basic drives, their early adaptations. They've struggled with that and they've achieved it and they're on the Adlerian level to do with um, power and with what uh, Adler called the masculine protest, all this kind of thing. Mm. And they may then aspire to get to Jung, but they can't understand him because they haven't fully integrated Arda. They're on the level of working at, at that level, and they may think, well, I've sorted out my basic uh, early adaptations to life and to instincts and so forth. I should be able to learn about Jung, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work because they haven't fully integrated the Adlerian mm. level. Uh, again, that shows, and it has its specific pathology. And then you get people who start with Young and they're full of Freudian and Adlerian psychopathology and they try to tack Young onto that when that's not been completed. It just doesn't work. The Freudian complexes are still there, or the Freudian drives and frustrations. Of course with Freud there's only one complex, the Oedipus complex, but in a broad sense complexes which uh, are affected and delivered and modulated by Freudian drives. And also they may not have uh, sorted out their sense of inferiority, they haven't uh, developed social relationships properly, and they're trying to go into the transcendent, the transpersonal, the spiritual, and all the other things that the end of Jung's path, the end of Jung's opus was directing itself towards. You even get this in analysts. There are a lot of Jungian analysts out there who are really people who are possessed with, for example, Adlerian pathology. They're interested in politics. They're driven by politics. The power principle runs their life, but they are Jungians, and you can see the gap. It's huge because they haven't resolved that issue. They haven't overcome it. They cannot authentically live out a Jungian mm. approach to life at all. Mm. So. Yeah, well, the couple I think you were thinking of, you were working with the gentleman concern in a Jungian way. Yes. But he clearly still had Adlerian pathology. He did as well. He yeah. did as well. Yes. He had Adlerian issues, but was insisting on working in a Jungian yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, and I think as you were suggesting, his, his wife very uh, clearly had Freudian issues. Oh, yeah. And it, it was an interesting case, really, because you could say on the surface that she appeared to have social interests. She was certainly sociable. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, 
I think the, the 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 important point there was that it was all about her own gratification. So yes. it wasn't about getting on with people or relating to people. She actually had a she had problems with boundaries. Actually, oh, very much, yeah, very, very much, much so. so. Um, and any kind of social interest that she had was was purely self serving. Yes, it was. And we we couldn't really we couldn't get her beyond that point no. because it would have been. Yeah. It would have been too difficult, I think, to get her to admit that for a start, mm. because it's quite a it's quite a humiliating thing to mm. have to accept that you might be still be functioning at that level yeah. and really just looking to gratify your own yeah. needs. It's, it's, it's yeah. a difficult thing mm. to get across to somebody without appearing to be offensive. Yes, it is. And yeah. uh, I, I think that in and of itself, clinically, was was very inhibiting. Yeah, it was. He had the uh, the Jungian aspirations. He did. Yeah. Uh, he had his own. Which was principally expressed in an Adlerian way, and then you had his wife who had this issue over gratification and loose boundaries. Yes. But she was operating pathologically through Adler as well because she was controlling him. Oh, without a um, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So she expressed both pathologies, but she couldn't even satisfy Adler, if you like, because Freud was so operant through her. And I don't mean to denigrate Freud by focusing on pathology because Freud is is much maligned yes, his understanding was very very broad very mm. deep and uh, neuroscience is catching up with Freud now at last but yeah. that's, a, that's another story mm. but with respect to the expression of pathology and being fixated her principal drive and her principal wound if you like was at a Freudian level that she could not resolve therefore she couldn't help him at an Adlerian level she could only express herself pathologically through yes. the control bullying and dominance of him and he could never then attain uh, a Jungian level of understanding on things but mm -hmm. that's a very clear example is, but yeah. you see it all the time yeah. and you see people coming in for uh, Jungian based therapy and their problems are Freudian or Adlerian or both Yes, and that's quite normal actually it is normal to have problems at each of these stages but you cannot complete a Jungian opus unless you have resolved the Freudian elements and you've resolved the Adlerian elements it backfires you see it over and over again yeah. and very very few if any of these uh, internet psychologists are talking about that in anything like a meaningful way yeah no no I mean, I'm thinking about um, you know I mentioned earlier about this idea of the boyo for yeah. example boyo is more of a, of a subset of the overall category which is yeah. something like uh, lost young men trying to find their way in the technological age yeah something like that and it's like well what are the patterns uh, the, the behavior that these people try to do to find themselves and it's like believe me I've been there myself it's like, mm. well, there's no fap is one thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's just something to take note of. Yes. And you've got things like uh, meditation and mindfulness is usually popular. So you might extract from what you said, well, that's clearly they're in a Jungian stage of development because of that. Or because mm. of the you know, king, warrior, magician, lover, they're like, well, I'm mm. clearly integrating my inner warrior or my inner magician. Therefore, Bonks. I'm at a Jungian stage. I've surpassed it. Yes. But if you look at really where their instincts are going, moment to moment, day to day, it's a yeah. Freudian problem. It is. So all of these people. Yeah. Well, Jung appears to elevate you. This yeah. is the good draw, yeah. I think, yeah. is that if, if you are struggling um, with a superiority complex that you're not fulfilling your genomic potential, you're more likely, paradoxically, to be drawn to Jung because at least you can feel elevated um, you know, amongst his ideas, as if mm. somehow that you have a, uh, you've acquired a special kind of knowledge that other people don't have, and and probably you have to be yeah, honest, because the point. average person isn't reading Jungian psychology, no. and and so it's com at one level it's completely understandable. Yeah. Um. It it's almost as if it's an antidote in disguise. Yeah. 
as if to yes, say you yeah. could be do you could actually be doing a lot more with your life that yeah. you're doing both instinctively you know at a freudian mm -hmm. level uh, and an adlerian level too in in, yeah. in terms of maybe denigrating yourself and putting yourself down and and, and underachieving mm -hmm. so you you can see why why young people are drawn to him yeah i mean we've, yeah. we've been there ourselves so mm -hmm. it's by no means a criticism of mm -hmm. uh, that, that people do that mm -hmm. and even in um i mean some of the young case studies for example uh one that's that's mentioned a lot is about the um i think it was Marie louise von franz and her patient the the woman who lived on the moon oh, yeah, yeah. and although this particular lady had, had gone over the event horizon into psychosis nonetheless you could see that idea of elevation mm. uh away from the mundane world yeah. in a in a compensation probably to get her to fill her own potential but yeah. if you stay with that if you if you stay with the fantasy yeah. and the woo-woo you don't ever really solve the problem no you don't you just no. keep somebody trapped well, and that, that Jungian stage as well I've seen that if someone is in the Freudian stage and they feel themselves to be say spiritually enlightened yes. normally what happens is they enter into the Adlerian stage they have a kickback mm. it's like they inflate up into it's like I think you described it before it's like a flight away from the family in many ways they get that thing, they're like, oh, power, strength, let's yes. go, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And they start asserting themselves. Yeah. That's it's one of the, you know, these pits and pieces that I try and talk about, just my own experience on the channel. Yes. That, for example, anyone watching who has experience with, say, uh, people on Twitter and Twitter eggs and Twitter gurus, that's exactly what, what you're seeing. It's people expressing the Freudian stage they're either just coming out of, haven't dealt with it in an Adlerian way. You yeah. can see the way that they're expressing it. It's to get power, it's to extract money from people, etc. Look at me, I'm top dog and that kind of thing. Mm. It's not a spiritually enlightened state. No. It's not you derive it right down into who you are, what yeah. you are right now, biologically. Yes. Yeah. The thing. Yeah. yeah. And and you could I mean there are obviously not everyone, I don't wish to generalise, but some people who get into that state too, um, also have problems with all sorts of addictions oh, as yeah. well, kind yeah. of running in parallel. And and if you think about um, very often what's behind addictive behaviour, there's usually a problem with meaning in some way, which I think is what you're suggesting, James, that there is a lack of spirituality. Yes. In, you know, to, to use Jung's own phrase, uh, spirit is contraspiritum, for example, for, for people yeah. who have alcohol addiction. So the thing that they think it's going to give them, like you say, the, the, obviously it, it provides um, a level of security and status and so on, but it doesn't necessarily bring joy to their lives. No. And, and, and that's, that's where meaning is to be found, is, it, is in the, the everyday, um, you know, the, the small things that bring you pleasure, that bring you joy, the handmade life, which we've talked mm. about in the past. Those kinds of things, a life that you craft for yourself, a life that has meaning. Mm. So, uh, as I think you, you you're suggesting, if you if you get stuck at, at that, and and somehow you you feel that you've, and it, it may be that you have um, elevated yourself uh, in a positive way by by increasing your own sense of status, th that may be the case. But that's that's not the thing in and of itself that will give you give your life meaning, give you joy, give you bliss, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You've not found the grail. No, you haven't. Absolutely not. No. Mm. no. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll link those videos, the, the three ones that we did on addiction down below. Yes. So it can be super useful. But yes. Some of the videos people keep coming back to now as well. Right. Be like, these, yeah. I think these are some of the best yes. ones we've done. Yeah. For obvious purpose, they, they apply to pretty much everything, to yeah. be honest. It's the real heart. Yeah. Mm. So beware of pathology then, um, in the sense that if you are carrying 
unanalyzed Freudian issues, unanalyzed and integrated Adlerian issues, you cannot, you just cannot authentically uh, attain a Jungian level and you can't disguise it either. And this is where Adler really comes in because he mm. talks about things like private logic, mm feeding into neurotic alibis yes. and then a guiding fiction which is your, your belief that you're doing something and this concept of fictional finalism which is a critique if you like in this context of teleology uh, and this idea that you're moving towards some kind of inflated goal and all that your behavior should be directed in that way when in specific pathological circumstances all of this is untrue in your actual life, it's just a, a fantasy. And that's at the Adlerian level. How many people are at, they believe, a Jungian level and exhibiting all of those points I've just uh, raised negatively in a pathological sense? Mm. You can see it, you can actually see it in people. And it's the same with the Freudian issues as well. You can see that bubbling as well away in people in the background. And when you get both of them as a mixed pathology, you know they will never authentically achieve a Jungian level at all. Well, Jung just won't take. You no, can't, you can't no. just tack it on. No. It, it, just, it just doesn't work that no. way. Like no. you say, you, you, you know, we see lots of people are, are attracted to Jung, and yet those very people uh, are into no fap. And you think, well, yeah. you know, never the twain shall meet. And when when we were growing up, for example, the idea of um, you know masturbation was it was just an innocent way of exploring your sexuality, mm. and it, it's become something almost to be ashamed of, um, and and to dissociate yourself from. And clearly, instinctively, that's a very it's unnatural and very unnatural. unhealthy position to it take is. on things. It is. Yeah, and it's certainly not the Jungian stance, but I get why people would if they start yes. towards the end of his career. Exactly. A, and yeah, yes. this whole idea of like, yes. um, no, I, I can imagine, I've spoken to people like it before. It's like, well, I can do active imagination and I do like, you know, I, I draw mandalas and things like yes. that. It's like, mm. I'm in sync with myself yes. and my body. I'm at the Jungian stage and I've surpassed yeah. all, these, yeah. all these other things. But then when I'm talking to them in therapy, I'll, I'll you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with their complex, if you like, and you yeah. can see beneath the eyes, like a rage might come out or yes. something like, don't touch you this. You see a flash of it. Yeah, and it's yes. like, oh, so this is all basically a show. Yeah. And yeah. as you were saying, like a guiding yes. fiction, essentially. Yes. Yes. Light is. Is, but really, you're it just is. isolating yourself off from what you should be doing yes. at this stage of life. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when, okay. you come, when you come to the personal myth, those of you who want to do it, these are the pitfalls that you must avoid. You, you do have to pass through the Freudian stage. You do have to pass through the Adlerian stage, which is even more intense in some respects because it's reality-based testing about where you're at psychosocially. That's what Adler's all about. Mm. But the psycho part of psychosocially for Adler is challenge your private logic, challenge your neurotic alibis, those things that defend... Um, what your you know your, your core ideas your guiding fictions as well which if you like is a kind of a pseudo or a false personal myth you have to watch all of that uh, and have the courage to do so in order to pass through the Adlerian phase mm -hmm. but you can only pass through Adler by having proper psychosocial relationships yes then you can progress to the spiritual if you try and go to the end you're full of repressions yes. those repressions will come for you and you will interpret that probably as being the shadow the dark side it's the unanalyzed bits of you the bits you haven't integrated which yes define your personal shadow but you've created that by not sorting it out before you get to that stage yeah. so the whole point then is is to follow it through and Jung himself was clear about that but people avoid it yeah Freud first, then Adler, and then, if you're up to it, Jung. But people who don't follow that, then the, the Chinese have a saying about things which are either 
in the bone, in the blood, or on the skin, on the surface, blown away. And that kind of attainment of young is the latter, I'm afraid. It's not a true attainment. A slight breeze will blow it away. You have to go through the other stages. Well, in the context of relationships as well, Steve, uh, we, we've talked about individuation, individuation relationships, haven't we, mm. uh, on the channel a few times. Um, you know, sexuality has to be a part of that as well. It isn't all about, um, you know, uncovering archetypes and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, working with one another in, in that way. There, there has to be a real physical and loving connection as it well. There has to be at that biological level. You can't have an individual individuation relationship without sex I and mean, it's just ridiculous to even think that you could and I mean we've done a lot of work clinically mm. with with couples and when couples get into this sort of pseudo-equilibrium state that John Destian talks about in his book Coming Together Coming Apart the first thing to go out the window is sex yeah and yeah. that's usually because of the kinds of um projections and transferences that are, that are going on in the context of that relationship so that the, the couple involved no longer see each other as they really are and if if there are parental complexes being projected for example then you get what he describes as being like an incest taboo because mm -hmm. obviously psychologically um, it doesn't feel right to you know to be having sex with somebody that you've kind of coloured as, as one of your parents or mm -hmm. somebody else's parents so um, that that's something to bear in mind but in in, in peeling off those projections and, and and working through them clinically then you find that that couple start to literally you know they, they come close both psychologically um, and physiologically uh, sexually of course and that that's you know that that's a complete thing then at that point we're not just like i say dealing with people's uh, psychology yeah. but we're dealing with their biology as well mm. and and the expression of it in the context of a loving relationship so you know it's it, it's you just cannot take freud out of the no. equation no. you can't everything falls down at that point yeah. no it frames everything it's like can you individuate yes. alone maybe probably not yeah. You know, because and again, if you ground it in biology, it becomes obvious. Yeah. Yes, it's why it's like well, you're you're drawn to do that. That's where your libido should go. It's why, for example, yeah. the image of the anima for a man is a woman. Yes, we've been primed to relate to. It's not yeah. simply I am the spiritual man in and of myself. Though that is a valid path for some people. It's just it's not like a suite of options you can just choose from, and you're independent from them. Mm. So like, no, you've got a path to go through. Yeah, and you know, I guess the psychopath psychopathologies cluster around three distinct stages. So. Mm. So mm. I don't think we've touched yeah. on what a Jungian pathology would be, though, actually. Yes. Uh, at that stage. A Jungian pathology will, will manifest itself spiritually, or pseudo-spiritually, um, and a tendency towards psychosis. And in order to understand this, and this is a hard message and people won't like to hear it, you really have to look at what happened to Jung, in the same sense that when you want to understand Adler and why he came to his... Uh, particular views you have to look at his life the context of his life and his personal myth um, he was born with a physical disability and he believed that that strove him uh, to overcome that inferiority that organ inferiority as he described it and out from that he developed his model which is highly personal in some elements but very general in others so if you apply 
Ardler, then the best thing to do is to understand how and why he came to develop his model. Then take out the personal elements as much as you can. Learn from it, but remove it. Mm. What's left is general, applies to us all, and it's very, very good. Yeah. Same thing with Freud, and sadly, the same thing with Jung. Yeah. Where, when you look at him and you want to see what went wrong with him, you're going to see what could go wrong with you if you follow him blindly. Uh, and that's uh, that's really important. If you read Henri Allenberger's The Discovery of the Unconscious, published in 1970, uh, he interviewed people who were classmates with uh, with Carl Jung um, before he achieved his doctoral status. He, he was such a, an authoritative work. Uh, you'll learn a lot. You'll learn a great deal. And one of those perhaps less than popular facts is that... Uh, Jung worked with uh, psychotic people for about seven years in the Berkholsky Psychiatric uh, Hospital. People who were wildly psychotic, unbuffered by any kind of medication in a modern sense. It, yeah. it was florid, it was all there. And then he left. And then for the rest of his, his professional life, the next 50 years, more or less, he worked with wealthy neurotics. And Allenberger points out that that's a huge difference between working with yeah. real people, oh, ordinary, poor people, yes. people who had nothing other yeah. than their illness to define them and the fact that they were incarcerated yeah. in a mental institution. And then he went and worked with rich people, people like members of the Rockefeller family uh, and people of that status and of that level with huge financial resources. And for the next 50 years, that was it. And most of his ideas came into written and formulated form over those 50 years. But when he went into medicine, he went in with two primary influences. One was his mother. His mother was superstitious in that sort of uh, medieval way, and Jung describes her that way. Uh, and his father, who was a very strict Christian. So the imprinters onto his anima were his mother, but also his father's anima and his father's capacity to relate, which was expressed through Christianity, in the form that his father had it and passed it on. Um, he also had a, a spiritual medium in the family as well, and there were all sorts of uh, peculiar people, should we say, on the periphery of his family who influenced him. And then he chose psychiatry as a profession, mm. and he went in and was exposed in the raw to florid psychosis yeah. and he did some of his best work in that period particularly the early years uh, when he worked out his theory of complexes and applied scientific methods to analyzing them and then he said it himself he went mad yeah. he became psychotic and then it appears that he cured himself lots of Jungians say that he did that he mm -hmm. became insane and cured himself and he kind of emerged out of that around 1921 uh, and at that time he created psychological types and he created psychological types as a way of understanding Freud and understanding Adler and how they came to uh, create their theories based on their personal life and experience. It was their personal equation. Jung is clear about this. It's in psychological types. That was his justification for going his own way, including his period of insanity, his creative illness. So you can see that... All three of them were, were heavily affected by their personal life and then they created a model that reflected that, but there was something beyond that which was of value. Mm. So when you follow Jung, you have to understand that if you do follow him, you run the risk of becoming psychotic yourself. 
Um, but there, 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 there's a great deal of immense value in Jung's work too, but you do have to find it, you have to look for it, and never ever forget the context within which it was born, as he advises us to do with Freud and with Arvle. And he, he says himself in, uh, in video interviews that are available on YouTube, where he said he created his type theory in order to understand the difference between him and Freud, and also Ardler and their psychology. So there's the big hints, and it's the same in Memory Streams Reflections, where he says, I undertake to tell my personal myth. Yes. That was it. His work, it, the totality of his collected works is his personal myth. That's what it is. Uh, you have to abstract out, you have to distill from that what is valuable. That's a lifetime's work on its own. But it will free you as well, Steve. It, it will free it, you. It will yeah. allow you to see him as a human being yeah. and, and have compassion for his suffering. Because yeah. to see mental illness in the raw, I mean, it's it's things that are dealt with so quickly now. People are medicated so quickly. Yeah. You, you don't see the kind of florid symptoms that, that mm. he would have seen in his day. But it must have been incredibly shocking. Yeah. And anyone with yeah. a fracture line would probably have been triggered by oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And he did go in with a fracture line. Yes. Without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Why did he select the psychology of so-called occult phenomenon for his doctoral thesis. He was already primed for, uh, for this, but he went in with that fracture line and he did some of his best work, some of the best work that's ever been done mm -hmm. on mediums, on dissociation and what was eventually called complexes. Although there were other people who were influencing him who are largely forgotten like Pierre Janet, which is a great shame because that man was well ahead of his time. Mm. So always understand the context of a psychological theory and its application before you decide to follow these people yeah. because it could lead you into a specific kind of pathology and if you haven't gone through the other two phases on the way you haven't resolved any Freudian issues any Adlerian issues in other words instinctive and psychosocial issues you carry them forward into another set of problems which will be spiritual that will just create a mess mm. It's, it's better to have um, a warts and all appreciation yeah. of somebody because then you can have that you can have that appreciation of yourself in that way too. Yes, you can. It, it allows you to be more self-accepting. Yes, and forgiving. And forgiving, yeah. And if you work as a therapist, that's really important to be able to forgive other people, you know, and not to treat them in the way that they are routinely treated in health services, yes. particularly in the UK where they're just nuisances and problems and yeah. things and objects yeah. to be medicated or use electroconvulsive therapy on or something like that or mm. even CBT which is brutally dehumanizing yeah. you know bring your humanity to the table when you work with people it's the most important thing but when you learn from these great figures from the past see them properly in their context I mean, we see a, a lot of young men at the moment who are ashamed that they've followed their instincts, maybe in a yeah. way that, that that hasn't been that productive for them, and and mm. they've they, they've kind of, they're living with that shame, yeah. um, and then they, that kind of then pushes them into no fap, yeah. and, and so on. And I, I can remember you you saying to somebody recently, Steve, that that it was it was okay. For this young man to have done what he did, because he couldn't have he couldn't have done it any differently. No. He was under uh, instinctive pressure, yeah. and just that acceptance that well, oh, I've done that, but that's okay. Mm. I can accept myself for having done those things. Mm. Um, was liberating for him. It was. It was. Yeah. Your instincts will not forgive you. 
for not actualizing them. No, but you can forgive yourself for having them. You can forgive yourself for having them. By what by what I said, what I meant is that that yeah. instinctive pressure it it will always be there. Yes, uh, that's outside of your conscious will yes. or intentionality that they, they do push. Yeah, they can be satisfied, and sometimes through displacements. This is one of the gifts of Freud, really, that he did mm -hmm. show how you can modify an instinctive drive. But if you don't accept it before you try and perfect or you know, yes. channel it into something else, you're going to develop a neurosis on the basis of that. Yeah. And if you attach that unactualized instinct to a religious idea, and by religious I mean in a psychiatric sense of religios, which is a pathological term yeah. for any kind of woo-woo style belief, that, and it becomes woo-woo when you don't understand it yourself. Yeah. That's the important thing. And when I say about Jungian woo-woo, what I mean is people who don't actually understand what they're handling, what they're dealing with, it becomes religious in a pathological sense. Yeah. You then back that up with instincts which are at war with you and then a failure to adapt socially as well. You have the recipe for an absolute disaster yeah. in the form of a severe mental illness. Well, yeah, and then um, I can feel almost like a voice coming through, echoing from the old days. Not in any kind of strange way, hearing the voices or anything. But it's saying... Um, well, geniuses go mad. Oh, yeah. I remember that because it yeah, used to be a thing for myself. It was well, mm. Jung and Nietzsche, they were geniuses and they went mad, didn't they? It's like, no. Yeah. As long as they just suggest that you can't be creative unless you go mad. Yes. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is ridiculous. There's, there's nothing, nothing romantic in mental illness. No, not it's at all. It's suffering. Yeah. Yeah. It's suffering. Yeah. But you know, people don't have to suffer. Uh, and there is a pathology that comes from following Jung when you don't understand Jung's context and you don't understand what informed Jung. And uh, Freud is being updated right now. In fact, for the past 20, 25 years, there have been serious efforts to, to bring him into the field of neuroscience and neuroscience into the field of Sigmund Freud. And uh, this is the, the work of neuropsychoanalysts like Mark Solms, absolute breakthrough stuff. Yeah. Mark Solms is a kind of genius. He's a very intelligent man. He is a psychoanalyst. He's a neuroscientist, a neurosurgeon as well. But his genius is in the syncretism, the blending together of these different elements in a meaningful way. Uh, but he's not like Nietzsche and he's not like Jung. <laughs> uh, he's an ordinary, highly intelligent, creative, academic and clinician who is quietly doing this work in the background he will move this on the future is in that direction the future of psychotherapy yeah. without a doubt yeah. great things are being learned there and eventually neuroscience will catch up with Jung but for the to start with it's got to catch up with Freud yes thank you for watching this episode of Jung to live by if you haven't already, make sure you download our free PDF for integrating your shadow. It includes the most advanced theory on the topic available anywhere on the internet, as well as a full practical breakdown. If you've ever wanted to integrate your shadow, this is honestly the way to do it. Thanks again for watching, and take care.